welcome to Thank You for Toilet Paper, a history of the little things, a podcast where we talk about a few things to be grateful for and the history behind them. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miller. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's get going. Growing up, I did not eat a lot of school lunches. Um, Usually we packed our lunch from home. There were pros and cons to this. On the one hand, I would jealously watch classmates eat desserts like chocolate peanut butter bars at lunchtime. On the other hand, I could happily avoid the cafeteria hot dogs that, rumor had it, would bounce so high that they would hit the ceiling if you tried to bounce them. A bouncy hot dog just seemed an unnatural and terrifying thought to me, so I was very happy to avoid that. Eating packed lunches from home also meant that I spent a solid number of years eating peanut butter and honey, or peanut butter and jelly, sandwiches every single day. Now, I didn't mind it for a while, for a few years even, but it got to the point where I just couldn't take it anymore, and we made the switch to ham and cheese. And then that got old, and we switched back. The sandwich was a part of my everyday life from elementary school through high school, and then, quite frankly, through college as well, as I typically packed a lunch then too. Old habits die hard. Also, I like to budget. It's fine. So with school getting back in session, it only seems appropriate that we talk about one of my school staples growing up, the sandwich. Although you might have heard tales of the sandwich getting its start from the Earl of Sandwich in England, history, actually, has an earlier record of the sandwich. So we'll swing back around the good old Earl in a bit, but we will actually need to go back a lot further to find the origins of the sandwich. To the first century BC, to be precise. In the first century BC, we find a man by the name of Rabbi Hillel the Elder, who lived in Jerusalem. The first sandwich was made as a part of Passover, and he is credited with its invention. In his sandwich, he used mixed nuts, apple spices, and wine that were sandwiched between two pieces of matzo and were eaten with bitter herbs. This meal was symbolic to represent the bitter suffering of the Jews under Egyptian reign, as well as the cement and other grueling tasks that they were subjected to while building Egyptian buildings. The Hillel sandwich was named after the Rabbi Hillel. Practices of using bread in India, Western Asia, and Northern Africa have been in use long before the sandwich for wraps and also as a means of scooping food. Although not necessarily a sandwich, during the Middle Ages, stale, hard bread was used as a plate. During the meal, the juices and grease would soak into the bread, making it edible, at which point one could eat the now-soaked bread or toss it to the dogs or give it to the poor for alms. These pieces of stale bread that were used for tableware were called trenchers. In the Netherlands as well, the Dutch were eating open-faced sandwiches by at least the 17th century. Later in the 1850s, sandwich bars became an important part of eating in Western Holland. A sandwich, generally speaking, has therefore been considered anything wrapped or contained by bread of some type. Sandwiches got their start as a portable and convenient food to carry around in the Western world. The sandwich eventually began to make the move into higher classes, although it was actually also associated with drinking and gambling, which is where John Montague, the fourth Earl of Sandwich, comes back into the story. Montague was a patron of Captain James Cook, who explored Hawaii, New Zealand, Alaska, Australia, and Polynesia. It is for this reason that Cook names the Hawaiian island Sandwich Island, and another island outside of the Gulf of Alaska, Montague Island. Montague was reportedly gambling one night in 1762 and allegedly had a problem with gambling to the point that he was unwilling to leave the card table. And so he asked for a cook to bring him some meat that he could eat without leaving. And the cook put the meat, which was likely salt beef, between two slices of bread 
and the sandwich was created. Montague loved it and began eating it on the regular. Friends began to nickname the Earl's peculiar request a sandwich, and its popularity spread. Prior to this nickname for the sandwich, a combination of some sort of either bread and meat or bread and cheese had been used to refer to a similar meal. These terms are found most often in recorded theatrical plays. But was this solely Montague's idea? Again, this has also been disputed a little bit because Montague had traveled along the Mediterranean, where Greek and Turkish cuisine made use of bread to carry or transport, or sandwich, various fillings from the platter. Some speculate that this is in fact where the Earl of Sandwich got the idea for his peculiar request at the card table. N.A.M. Roger, however, who is a biographer of Sandwich, suggests that the man actually very likely ate the new concoction at his desk and denotes that Sandwich was in fact a dedicated Navy man who valued politics and art and that he was actually very hardworking and most likely not at the gambling table. Whether he was eating it in prim and proper fashion at his desk or in an effort to avoid getting meat and grease on the cards at the gambling table, the sandwich began to take off in England. In 1762, Edward Gibbons was the first to record the word sandwich in reference to the bread and meat combination. This record was in a journal entry in which he describes attending the cacao club. These types of clubs were popular for only a select few and the elite, and were often simply a guise of eating chocolate in order to actually discuss politics or plot political moves. While Gibbons made the first mention of the word sandwich in writing, a traveling Frenchman by the name of Pierre-Jean Grosly is credited with recording the story, or the gossip, at the time of the Earl of Sandwich at the gambling table. In 1773, Charlotte Mason's cookbook was the first to reference and include a recipe for the sandwich. By the Revolutionary War, the sandwich was quite popular in England. The Industrial Revolution also gave rise to increased popularity in the sandwich as a meal, as it was much easier to carry, it was quick to make, and relatively affordable. Since then, in Britain, the sandwich industry has boomed and grown to a revenue of £8 billion in 2017. In the United States, Americans eat more than 300 million sandwiches a day. Just a fun frame of reference here, the population of the United States is currently 331.4 million as of 2020. In early U.S. history, however, the sandwich was not as popular a meal because of its ties with colonial England. The sandwich didn't appear as a recipe in the United States until 1815, and at that time the most popular sandwich was actually a tongue sandwich. Other sources have said that it was Elizabeth Leslie who introduced the sandwich to the United States when, in 1840, she included a recipe for a sandwich in her cookbook, Directions for Cookery. The recipe was for a ham sandwich. Besides its general invention, each sandwich has its own story. In the United States and Louisiana, you'll find the invention of the po'boy sandwich, which got its name when, during the Great Depression, streetcar workers went on strike. Two former sandwich cart owners offered to give food to any striker who came by and needed a meal. Whenever someone would come by, they would call out, Here comes another poor boy, meaning poor guy, and they'd give him a sandwich. The poor boy sandwich is a meat or seafood sandwich on New Orleans French bread. The sloppy joe, also created around this time, consists of hamburger meat and tomato sauce on a bun. The cook who created this sandwich was, of course, named Joe, and worked at a short-order diner at the time. The Reuben, which is made up of corned beef, sauerkraut, and Swiss cheese, got its name from a man who gambled weekly at the hotel in Omaha, Nebraska. It was later featured on the hotel's dinner menu and even won a national recipe contest. 
1920, when sliced bread was invented and patented by Gustave Papendick, sandwiches became increasingly more popular. And with a new audience, that of mothers and homemakers, it grew even further. Kids could also make their own sandwiches without having to wield a knife and slice off some bread. A sandwich has been legally defined by a United States court in Boston, Massachusetts in 2006 as using at least two slices of bread. This decision came about when a sandwich shop had a non-compete clause and a burrito shop was moving into the same mall. It was ruled that burritos, quesadillas, and the like are not sandwiches because of the use of tortillas. Sandwiches have different regional nicknames as well as some different names in different languages. For example, in Spain, bocario is a common word referring to a sandwich, as is torta, which is a type of roll. Other references to sandwiches of one sort or another are buddy, sarni, singer, or peace in England, Australia, and Scotland, respectively. Sandwiches have allowed us to eat on the go, at home, in a hurry, or just at school for many, many years. It may be simple, but it's made our lives just a little bit easier, and for that, I'm very grateful even if I've maybe had one too many peanut butter and honey sandwiches in my life. Still gotta love them. <laughs> well, that's it for this week. Thank you for taking a little bit of time for a little bit of gratitude for sandwiches, and I hope you have a marvelous day. Thank you so much for listening. Take care.